Good morning. Um, I'm happy to be here today. I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite topics with cats, and this is all about playtime. Cats sometimes get the short end of the stick when it comes to play. Um, and if there's one thing that cats need more of that can improve the quality of their life, it's playtime. So I'm going to talk about how to do that and how to give that to you, your cat as well. Um, let me just introduce myself first. I'm Marcy Kosky and I'm a uh, feline behavior consultant. Um, I've had my business Feline Behavior Solutions since 2015. Um, I used to work for the US Fish and Wildlife Service um, and I'm currently on the board and the behavior specialist for a uh, cats only rescue organization here in Vancouver, Washington. It's called Furry Friends. I have a PhD in fishery and wildlife biology. Um, and my mission really is to keep cats in homes and out of shelters. And that's why I do my cat behavior consulting business. So, okay, I like to start off by talking about cats in terms of their basic nature, because I think sometimes um, people get a cat in their home and they just expect the cat to lay around and look gorgeous all day and, you know, be cute and cuddly and furry. But what we really have is um, small, wild, predatory beasties that we have confined in our houses. And when cats don't act like the small furry lumps on our sofas, we're kind of mystified. Um, and that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is that, um, you know, people expect cats to act like dogs and cats are very different from dogs. And so there's kind of a, a misconnect um, between our expectations of how cats should behave versus what, how they actually behave. And what I wanna just say first, when we're talking about cats versus dogs, please remember that cats have a very different evolutionary history um, with humans between dogs and cats. They're just very different in the relationship with humans. Um, dogs were domesticated by humans at least 30,000 years ago, um, starting out in East Asia. And there's some evidence that this happened twice in the history of humans. Um, in two different locations, and it could have been up to 50,000 years ago. And really dogs were used as hunting partners and for protection of humans. So they had a close working relationship. Now cats, on the other hand, their history with humans is much shorter. The earliest um, evidence we have of a relationship between cats and humans was about 10,000 years ago. And this is from the Middle East. And in terms of domestic, I'm going to use air quotes, domestication, um, cats really kind of domesticated themselves. They were opportunists um, because humans had these big stores of grain and food, which attracted rodents. And then cats came along and they said, hmm, you know what, I can help you out with that problem. Um, so they kind of skirted around on the outskirts of, of human settlements and took care of rodent problems. And then, and then people decided, oh, you know what, cats are pretty cool. Let's bring them into the fold by providing them with more food and shelter and those types of things. And then of course, cats were used as rodent control on ships and that's how they spread throughout the world. But a very different working relationship with humans, um, mostly hands off. 
Um, and really it's only been the last couple hundred years when cats started becoming more like house pets in a general sense. And really, especially in the United States, it's only been in the last maybe 20 or 30 years where cats started living exclusively indoors. I mean, when I was a kid, all of our cats were indoor outdoor cats. There was no such thing as cat behaviorists. We didn't even have a litter box in the house. Um, it was my job once a week to go into the garage and that's where the litter box was for our two cats. And I changed that litter box once a week. <laughs> and we didn't have any house soiling issues. Cats being indoor outdoor got a ton of enrichment outside because they were in their environment. They got to chase things, they got to explore things, they got to live their natural lives outside. But now all of a sudden we're bringing cats to live inside full time. And this is really difficult for them because that is a blink of an eye in terms of evolutionary history when it comes to cat behavior. Um, and that being the case, cats are really not very different from their wild ancestors and their wild cousins. They still connect to both being a prey animal and a predatory animal. So their desire to hunt and to hide is intact. Um, and all of their behavioral instincts and their physiology is geared towards survival. So even though, you know, we have our cats in our homes and they're safe for the most part, um, they still act like predators, they still act like prey, and they still have all these needs, um, which really kind of make your small house cat um, very similar to something like, a, you know, a tiger. <laughs> And when I look at tigers, I, of course, go, wow, I love tigers. Tigers are one of my favorite big cats. Um, just so amazing. But when I think about tigers, I think about how predatory they are. They're just amazing predators. So that, you know, cats being primarily these tiny predatory carnivorous beasties, one of the first things we often neglect about our cats is the ability to give them an opportunity to hunt in the home. So today, what I really wanna talk about is manipulative toy enrichment. Now there are a lot of different types of enrichment activities and enrichment opportunities are there to bring out your cat's natural instincts. That's what enrichment is all about. I'm gonna be specifically talking about toys and playtime and how they relate to hunting so that we can give cats a hunting experience so that they can um, have an outlet for those predatory instincts and to keep physically fit and mentally sharp. Um, hunting allows cats to build confidence. It allows cats, you know, especially fearful and skittish cats who connect more with their prey side. We want to build their confidence by letting them tap into that confident predatory side. We don't want them to all, you know, be scared in our house. We want them to be, you know, confident predators. Um, it also helps reduce stress. One of the top stressors in house cats today is boredom. And when your cat is just sleeping all the time, laying around on the couch or, you know, not having anything to do, that can create a tremendous amount of stress. And by giving your cat an outlet 
for natural behaviors that inherently reduces stress for that cat. And stress can cause all kinds of behavior issues and physical health issues. So we definitely wanna reduce stress. Now, play is going to be, in this case, what I'm talking about today, a substitute for hunting. And this is just something that all cats do. Um, or that they want to do. <laughs> and I've heard, cat, I've heard many people say, my cat doesn't play. And I can tell you that is lies, lies. Your cat does want to play um, and your cat can play. And I will show you how to do that. But even when we look at well-fed house cats um, compared to feral cats, if they're allowed outside, a well-fed house cat can hunt up to 25% of its day. And this is a cat who is not hungry. <laughs> so they enjoy hunting. They are driven to hunt. Um, it is an inherent piece of who cats are. Cats are also very successful um, at hunting. They're one of the best predators in the world. And even then the top predators, cats are only successful in catching their prey about 30% of the time, but their success rate is about 10 to, to 30% each time they hunt. So cats eat multiple small meals throughout the day and they do that by hunting. Um, now there are many types of manipulative toys out there for cats to use. And these include inanimate toys. So those, you know, little fuzzy mice that you can toss around, little balls that you might toss for your cats to chase, kicker toys. These are all things that kind of lay there and then your cat has to choose to interact with them. Um, kittens are kind of a little bit better at playing with these types of toys because they have the, the imagination and, you know, they have to play with something. So they will bat things around and explore and do those things. But when cats are a little bit older, their taste in toys gets a little bit more sophisticated. So um, they don't tend to play with inanimate toys quite as much as, um, as younger cats do. And then we have battery operated toys. These um, include things like hex bugs, which I really like. And hex bugs are like little um, tiny vibrating bugs that will kind of run around um, in random locations. Or you might've seen, um, it's called the, the mystery motion or undercover mouse. And there's, you know, it's like a piece of fabric with a um, wand underneath it that moves randomly and it has feathers that kind of move. Or um, battery operated toys can be balls that move on their own or um, automatic laser pointers. Um, and these can be fun for a while, but because the movements are somewhat limited and sometimes they make funky noises, cats are either turned off by them or they get bored really easily with them. So even if your cat has a, a fun battery operated toy, look for ways to change up how that toy is used and definitely put them away as soon as the cat is done using it and leave them out of sight, out of mind, rotate them out so that they stay more fun for longer periods of time. Because if you just leave toys out all the time, cats kind of get blind to them um, and they stop using them. It's, you know, just like kind of anything in our homes. It, we kind of cease to see everything because when things are left out all the time, they just become part of the environment. My favorite type of toy um, and most cats' favorite type of toys are interactive toys. 
And these are toys where a human is attached to one end and then the cat plays with the other end. And this is really important. And I will discuss why that is in a moment. Um, but in general, most toys, whether they're inanimate toys, battery operated toys or interactive toys, they serve to um, uh, act as a surrogate prey item. Now, there are several different types of prey items for cats out there. Um, for general food groups, as I like to call them, um, we have rodents, we have, you know, rats and mice and all those cute little furry animals. Um, and then we have a plethora of birds um, and a ton of different types of insects. That's the third category, whether they're moths or things that crawl on the ground like spiders. Just FYI, my cats are completely useless when it comes to wrangling spiders in our house. This is not one of their preferred prey types to my um, chagrin. Um, the last prey category is reptiles. So snakes and lizards, that's another type of, of prey category. And a lot of cats get experience with one or more of these prey types because mama cat brings prey back to the kittens um, to teach them how to kill prey and what to eat. So depending on where um, kittens were raised, um, that can influence the type of prey that they enjoy hunting. So maybe in the, you know, desert southwest of the United States, we have more lizards and snakes. And so we might have cats that are more tuned into those type of animals. Um, and maybe on the east coast of the US, we have cats that are really into rodents and birds, but whatever cats like, they have an innate um, search image for prey and their instincts. When they see things move, that triggers a response to go after that prey item. Now let's talk about the hunting um, itself that cats do. So when cats hunt, they go through something called the prey sequence, and this is just what all cats do. So the first step is staring, and this is really important. This is an important part of the prey sequence. So you might see the cat casually watching, but then start to narrow in and those pupils will dilate. They might crouch down and they get really excited. Um, the staring phase a lot of people discount the staring phase, but the staring phase is probably, in my mind, the most important part of the prey sequence. And I will revisit that in a few minutes. The next step in the prey sequence is stalking and chasing. And so this can be kind of the warm up and active part of the prey sequence. Um, and then there is the pouncing and grabbing of the prey item. Um, and then lastly, there's the kill bite. And some cats will do the bunny kick. Um, which is, you know, we think, oh, that's so cute. He's kicking, kicking the thing. Um, and really this is a disemboweling technique for larger prey, um, which is gruesome, but this is just who cats are. So as we know, cats being really efficient predators, they could go one, two, three, four, boom, you have a dead mouse, but they don't do that because cats like to play with and torture small animals. Um, of course, they don't know they're torturing animals. They're just having fun. And also they could be hungry. They want to eat. They go back and forth along that prey sequence many, many, many times. I cannot tell you the number of times I've heard from people saying, yeah, my cat will play with a toy for two minutes. And then the cat just kind of, you know, 
watches. And so I stopped playing because the cat's bored. No, the cat is not done. The cat just reset to the first stage in the prey sequence, the staring part. It's exciting. Not done, not done. So a lot of times I think this has to do with the person getting bored during play and not understanding where the cat is at with their excitement level. So if you catch yourself being bored, think about the cat and needing to meet the cat's needs and is the cat bored or are you bored? So we wanna really think about that distinction. Now, okay, I'm gonna go back to the types of toys that I talked about before. And the only type of toy that can fulfill all four steps in the prey sequence is an interactive wand toy. And remember, the interactive toys are where humans are attached at one end and the cat plays with the other end. Wand toys are the best toy because they can go through all four steps in the prey sequence. Now, um, laser pointers, some cats love laser pointers. Great, fine, I don't discourage their use, but you can't complete the prey sequence with that laser pointer. So you can start a play session with a laser pointer, but just switch over to an interactive wand toy. So my favorite interactive wand toy is called the bird. And this is my favorite wand toy for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, it's freaking long. It's got a three foot long handle and it's got a three foot long string attached to it. It doesn't um, show up in uh, some of the advertising pictures, but it does have nearly six feet of reach, which is great because you can wear a cat out with a toy that long. Some people play with cats using a wand toy that is about 12 inches long and it has a little poof of feathers at the end. No, <laughs> this is not gonna get your cat to run around. And also, if you have a cat that um, is a little bit aggressive towards you when it comes to play and tends to go after hands or feet, having a shorter wand toy doesn't really give enough separation between your hands and the toy. And we want to, increase that distance between the person and the lure at the end of the toy so that the cat really associates play and hunting with that lure and not so much the person. So a longer um, wand toy is better. Desi and Rue also um, makes a really good wand toy um, and it's more of like an extendable fishing rod if you can't get the DeBird. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some good long wand toys out there. The other thing I really like about the DeBird is that it has a clip at the end, which means that you can change out the lures, which is really important because, okay, your cat might love the feather lure that comes with the DeBird, but honestly, if your cat is playing with that multiple times a day, every day, your cat is going to get sick of it. So yeah, I hear my cat played with that toy for two weeks and then got tired of it and didn't want to play anymore. Well, okay, if you ate pizza three times a day, for two weeks, would you ever wanna eat pizza again? No. So please, please, please get numerous lures representing numerous prey types for your wand toys. And so by having a wand toy with a clip at the end, you can do that. And there are all sorts of attachments. So we have rodent attachments. This one's called the mouse, but there's one called the rat. And then there's other, you know, other companies make these too but it's made with real deer fur. So it looks really realistic. 
Um, and there are insert insect lures. Um, there, you know, Nico Flies makes good insect lures, but if you search Amazon for insect lures, you can find beetles, dragonflies, um, bees, all sorts of really cool insect lures. And then um, also there are snake um, type lures. That's the other prey group. Um, the cat charmer is a great wand toy. It has a super long um, fleece rope that's attached to it. That's a good snaky toy. And there are also these fuzzy worms with little googly eyes. Um, and you can clip those onto the, the bird as well. And those move in kind of a really um, exciting snaky kind of way. So um, do get multiple lures for your cat toys. All right, let's go over some tips for a successful play session because a lot of people go, oh, my cat doesn't want to play. I've tried the toys, I've tried the toys. Lies, I've told you before, lies. Your cat wants to play. <laughs> and, um, you know, so here's some, here's some, some tips. For, for cats, I generally recommend two play sessions a day lasting 10 to 15 minutes each. And I generally recommend the morning and the evening because cats are naturally, they're, they're corpuscular animals. Some people think that cats are um, nocturnal animals. This is not true. Cats are crepuscular, which means that they are most active at dawn and dusk. And why is that? It's because their prey are most active at dawn and dusk. The mice come out to forage for grain. The birds come out, to, you know, the early worms, they get the birds up. Anyway, so cats realize, oh yeah, my prey are kind of active during these dusk and dawn times. Low light cover, so it's easier to hide from predators, but still light enough so that animals can see their food. Well, cats take advantage of that too. So morning and evening is typically when cats are most active. Um, and so you want to take advantage of that. If you try to get your, your cat to play at 2.30 in the afternoon, guess what? Your cat's going to be napping and it's going to be harder to engage them in play. I encourage people to work up to 10 to 15 minutes of playtime. Now, if you have a kitten or a young adolescent cat, maybe a cat who's even up to four years old, you might need much more than 15 minute long play sessions, only two a day. You want, may want three play sessions. I mean, of course you can play with your cats at any time, but for these prey sequence play sessions that are going to stimulate the hunting instinct and kind of provide a surrogate hunting experience, this is what I'm talking about. You really wanna to try to wear out your younger cats um, by giving them a very active play session and it might need to be more than 15 minutes. So if you have an older cat, the prey session, the, the prey sequence play session is gonna look really different. I want you to be careful about overexerting older cats. So it's not all about the workout for older cats. It's more about the mental game. It's about that mental enrichment and they're gonna spend more time in the staring phase. It's just a fact. They will spend more time staring. Um, I had a client, an elderly client with an elderly cat and that cat really needed some playtime. And my client, bless her, she discovered that it took 10 minutes of waving the wand toy around. But at the 10 minute mark, after 10 minutes of staring, her cat would just go pow right into that wand toy. And she was persistent and I love that about her. So 
it takes practice and it takes effort. But if you have an older cat, don't overexert them, but give them patience and find something that they really like. So two play sessions a day, um, or if you can only do one, start with that. Maybe the evening play session is, is better for you. So try to just do one at least, and then try adding in a second one if necessary, depending on your cat and depending on your situation. Um, I also generally encourage playing before a meal because what cats do is they hunt, then they eat, and then they groom, and then they sleep. And so I like to bookend cats days with a hunting session and then a meal um, because this sets up kind of a, a program for the rest of the day. And most cats out in the wild, they will do the hunt, eat, groom, sleep session or a sequence multiple times a day. But you know what, our house cats are a little bit different. So if you can incorporate play sessions before a meal, that's great. A lot of times in the morning, cats are like all about the food. Human wakes up, cats like, where's my food? Um, because that's just the habit that's been established. So what you can try to do is give your cat half a meal in the morning, and then after that, have a play session and then give the rest of the meal to initiate that hunt, eat, groom, sleep sequence. Now, um, playing, if you have multiple cats, try to play with one cat at a time. And I know this can be a little bit challenging, but you might, if you have two people in the home, you might play in different parts of the home, um, or you may need to have one cat occupied in another room while you play with another cat in a different room. Um, but if you have a cat who really needs play sessions because of an aggression issue or a fear-related issue or some other reason, um, having more than one cat present or another animal like a dog can really inhibit hunting behavior of some cats. Small cats, so actually mostly all cats with the exception of lions are solitary predators. So they um, feel compromised when there's another cat drawing attention to their location, or um, you know they are insecure about potentially putting themselves in a prey situation if there's another cat or another predator present. So try to play with each cat individually. This will bring out more of that predatory behavior and give them, maximize the opportunity for them to be a predator during those play sessions. Try to move the lures like real prey items. Um, and what I mean by that is if you have a rat lure that you're playing with, that rat in nature, I don't think there are flying rats. I have not heard about flying rats. Um, and God help us all if there are flying rats. So Rats don't swing above your head. Um, you know, snakes rarely do this. Occasionally, ground prey will be flipped up by a cat, and that's okay. Um, but think about how play and hunting evolves for the prey item and try to be the prey. So if you have a feather and you're um, imitating the way a bird moves, at first during a hunting session, that bird is gonna move and act and look one way, it's gonna sound one way, but then by the end of that hunting session, you have a bloody mess of crumpled feathers on the floor. But there's this whole transition that that prey item makes. It's hard for us to um, 
it's hard for us to actually change the way the lures look that we're using in terms of transforming from healthy animal to dead animal. Um, but we can change the way that that prey item moves over time. So prey is going to get a little bit slower. It's gonna get injured. It might try to hide more. I know this sounds really terrible, but um, no, that's just kind of nature. And because we have carnivorous predatory beasties, we have to start thinking about how they treat prey items. So um, try to be the prey when you um, are playing with your, your lures. And rotate out those toys and lures regularly. I recommend, um, even if your cat has a favorite lure for the, the wand toy that you're using, change that out periodically. Because again, it's all about the pizza. You don't want to eat pizza for every day for two weeks. You want, you know, you want to enjoy that pizza for the rest of your life. So um, switch out those lures regularly. And sometimes even switching out a lure during a play session can re-engage your cat. Because what cats like to do, and this is important when you're thinking about how that prey is changing over time as it's getting beat up, cats like to Bat, 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 bat. And then they, they sit back and they go, okay, now what's it going to do? Bat, 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 bat. Okay, now what's it going to do? So they go back to that staring phase over and over and over. And if you're having a harder time getting your cat out of that staring phase as the play session goes on, try changing the lure to something else because that is a change. Um, and like I said, rotate those lures, rotate self-play toys and battery-operated toys that's going to help prolong the, the life of those toys and the interest in your cats. Okay, so I have some more tips. Primarily, don't give up. Even if your cat only plays for a couple minutes, that's fine, but make sure they're, they're, they're not done. Um, so keep in mind that staring phase, super important to understand that your cat will reset to the staring phase multiple times throughout a play session. They're not done. Sometimes cats will even leave the room, but don't be fooled. Some cats will leave the room, but then circle back, peer around the corner of the door to see if that thing is still moving. So even if your cat leaves the room, it might not be completely done. Cats are great fakers, so don't be taken in. Some cats will lay on their back and play. I have a couple of lazy players in my house. His name is Oliver, and he likes to play just laying on his back, and that is fine. Hey, he's getting some jollies out. That's fine. Um, so even if he's playing on his back, that's fine. Um, make sure the playtime is over by the end of it. Um, and then you can put a cap on that playtime too, if you, you think it's over, um, by giving him or her that little snack or meal to initiate that hunt, eat, groom, sleep um, sequence. And then keep in mind that if your cat hasn't played in a long time or you haven't been in the habit of playing with your, your cat, um, sometimes it takes time to learn what your cat likes to play with. So try different things, try different lures, try different toys, try seeing what ways your cat likes lures to be moved. Some cats like fast moving lures. Some cats love slow moving toys. So um, sometimes it takes time to figure out what your cat likes. Um, don't bat your, your cat in the face with a toy. 
simply, I mean, you know, sometimes that can be like a way to get them to react to the toy, but guess what? It's out of irritation, not out of, hey, I'm going to hunt this thing. So it's making playtime less enjoyable for the cat. So don't just annoy your cat with the, with the toy. Um, and then also if your cat is out of the habit of playing, it may take your time, take time for your cat to figure out how she likes to play as well. So um, don't give up, just be persistent. Try to play with your cat every single day. Um, shy cats may want a slower or smaller toy, at least initially, because fast moving toys can be intimidating or scary for, for shy or fearful or skittish cats. So the cat charmer, the long fleece rope, that can be a good toy for um, fearful or shy cats. Um, long peacock feathers can also be a good toy for them. So try different things. And then, as I mentioned before, older cats want to play too. Um, just because your cat is old doesn't mean that they have stopped wanting to play. They are still predatory beasts. And for older cats, you want to focus more on the mental enrichment. So even if they spend 90% of their play sessions staring, that is 100% okay. Um, if even if they just bat at the toy a few times with their paws, it's something. Even if it's only five minutes, get them engaged. It's okay. And then focus on other things, um, you know, like food puzzles or other types of um, mental enrichment activities for your older cats, but still give them those hunting opportunities. And the most important thing really is to just have fun. Have, you know what? If nothing else works, ditch these rules and tips and just try to find something that your cat and you have fun doing. Because if it's not fun, what's the point? If you're not having fun with your cat and your cat isn't having fun with you, something's wrong. You have a cat in your home because you enjoy having a cat. Um, and also, if you enjoy having that cat, that cat is probably enjoying being there. And if that enjoyment isn't there, something's wrong. So try to do what it takes to have fun. If you have flying rats in your house, have flying rats in your house. <laughs> if that's what your cat likes to play with, play with a flying rat. <laughs> you know what, when it comes down to and as long as your cat and you are having fun and you're healthy and happy, that's what matters. So I hope you enjoyed this talk about kitties and how to give them a great um, predatory experience. Um, I had fun talking about play sessions for cats and feel free to reach out. You can visit me at my website, felinebehaviorsolutions.com. Send me an email at hello at felinebehaviorsolutions.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Wow. I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you, and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone.